This presentation is from Design Research 2021, Day 3. So, hello everyone. Um, my name is Jim Blatt. I have a lot to cover, so I am going to go ahead and jump right in. But first I want to start with a story. Uh, a UX designer named Bruce just designed the most kick-butt experience on a mobile app that connects dogs to sailors. The designer is so proud of his design. He opens the prototype on his MacBook Pro and projects it on the big screen. So Bruce clicks through screen by screen, just describing what's on the screen as the audience sees them. Bruce points out where the buttons are, what the copy says, what the screens look like. So what is Bruce's fatal mistake? Well, he's taking his audience on that real estate tour that Donna Spencer talked about a little bit earlier. Bruce has not presented his designs with a compelling story that would draw the audience through the experience from the user's point of view. And this is not good. We're told time and time again the value of storytelling when it comes to presenting our work. We're, when, uh, we're told when we're presenting our designs not to do so screen by screen, but walking our audience through an experience. And when you're presenting your UX research, Tell your audience stories. Tell them about how the user struggles. Tell them and share some compelling quotes to add some sentiment. Let your research tell a story. But before I get too far, let me just quickly introduce myself. I'm Jen Blatz, and in case you couldn't tell by my accent, I am in the United States. And I just wanted to quickly show my contact information so that we can connect. Oh, I do have one more thing. I hope you like dogs because you're gonna see a whole lot of doggos through my presentation tonight. All right, let's get back to the talk. So I wanna talk about what I want you to get from this talk today. Basically, I want you to know about these spontaneous talk frameworks so that you can feel confident that you can organize your thoughts quickly so that you can give an eloquent answer. These frameworks can help you avoid rambling on and on because they give you structure to formulate a topic that you need to talk about. I'm going to be throwing a lot of abbreviations at you. And I don't feel bad if you don't remember, remember them all. We're only human. Do the best that you can. And I will have a summary slide here at the end, so that would be a good place to take a screenshot if you want to remember what they all stand for. People love stories. They remember details about a compelling story that say pulls at their heartstrings, or they listen to things that motivate them, like to take action on an injustice. People remember stories when it reminds them how precious life is. Stories pack a pretty powerful punch. But we are here to talk about spontaneous talks frameworks, sometimes called spontaneous stories frameworks. And these are a little bit different than your traditional fairy tale that follows the arc of a story structure. The stories we're going to talk about today may not have a rising action or a climax or a resolution. These stories may not even have a lead character or a scenario. Heck, you might go as far as to say these aren't really stories at all. Spontaneous talks frameworks are less about describing tall tales 
and more about quickly organizing your thoughts using a framework. Who doesn't love a good framework? Who doesn't love a shortcut to help them get organized quickly so they can jump up and get going right away? And who doesn't love a way to reduce anxiety when talking to other people? I know I love all of those things. This is what Spontaneous Talks Frameworks does. They help you organize your thoughts to present your UX designs or your research findings to your stakeholders or your team. A Spontaneous Talks Framework helps you answer questions on the spot. And finally, they can be a fabulous crutch when you need to speak on a topic that you haven't had a chance to prepare for in advance. So let's get ready for some on your feet thinking and organizing. All right, so what the heck are these spontaneous talk frameworks and what are they all about? Well, using a spontaneous talk framework or like I said, spontaneous speaking structure is simply a way to explain something quickly. And you do so, so by using these simple structures to frame a story. It's a way to grab a topic, organize your thoughts, and spit out a cohesive answer in a snap. They're kind of like impromptu acting. These, you, using these frameworks help you get things organized, ab lib, so that you can prevent yourself from freaking out and freezing on the spot. I hope that many of you here are familiar with the concept of chunking. And that's a way to organize things in small pieces to help you comprehend bigger pieces of information. A classic example of this is the telephone number. It's often broken down into smaller segments of numbers rather than just blurting out them all at once. Like you see here on the screen, this is the number I would call from the United States to get to the Mint in Sydney which is where we were supposed to have this event in person. Boo. Breaking the phone number up like this makes it easier to remember. And that's what spontaneous talks frameworks do too. They help you break up your story into smaller pieces so that it's easier to organize and remember. So I first heard about this subject when I was watching a video on YouTube starring Matt Abrahams. And Matt's a lecturer at Stanford Graduate School in the United States. And he's a great speaker who teaches others how to become a more engaging speaker themselves. If you want to watch this on YouTube, I highly recommend it. And this is the lecture shown here that he talked about spontaneous talks frameworks. And after I saw this video, I got really inspired. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm put on the spot. Or I'm asked a tricky question, I kind of freeze like a deer in headlights. Um, and if you're not familiar with that phrase, what I mean is I stop, I have a little bit of an internal panic, and I try to come up with an eloquent answer, but instead I spit out a bunch of garbage that doesn't make sense. This has happened to me a time or two in a job interview. Maybe you can relate. But now that I know about spontaneous talks frameworks, I can use this thought organization technique to answer anything and to present my UX work. So here's what the process looks like. You're presented with a topic or a question. 
you take a second to think about the framework that I'm going to share with you today, one of them. Pick a framework that you might use to structure your answer. Then share an organized response, not a rambling, chaotic, hot mess of jumbled words that might not make any sense. And now that we know a little bit about where they came from, let's jump right in and talk about the different spontaneous talks frameworks and how you might apply them to presenting your UX work. The first one I'm going to talk about is what, so what, now what? And this framework was actually developed in the 1970s. And it simply is answering these three questions. First, what? What's happened or what is going to happen? Then, so what? Tell them why. It's important or what lesson forward? What, so what, now what? Now, I think this framework is really great for sharing UX work because it requires you to give a bit of context surrounding your designs. Let's say you are presenting some wireframes of an updated interface. You tested these designs and you want to share what you learned from the testing and how your interface will be updated. First, tell your audience what the design is trying to address, the problem you're trying to solve. Who is this design helping? Again, provide that context. Then tell them why it matters, why this new design is going to improve the user's life. And then finally, tell them why this change is going to make a difference with the iterations that you're going to be making in the next round. So for all these frameworks, I'm going to walk through an example as if I was presenting the design. So uh, let's do that now. Let's walk through an example and pretend I'm sharing this wireframe with my client who hired us to do some designs. I'm gonna share some designs with you and walk you through the iterations we will be making based on what we learned. This design is helping your employees, which are your users, find the critical and most often needed parts of your company's human resources website. Your employees want to find information about things like their next paycheck, how to find a new career opportunity in the company, information about health benefits. Our researchers learned that these are the most critical parts of your website for, the, for your users. We want them not to waste time and to be able to find what they need easily. Now that we know where your employees need to go, we want to see how they're going to get there. Are they going to use the navigation bar at the top? Will they use a search? Or will they click on the cards on the page as entry points into their journey? We will be conducting testing these wireframes to understand which navigation features will be used the most by your employees. So as you can see, I told them what the page was designed to do, why the components on the page are important to their users, and what actions we will take next with these designs. That's the framework of what, so what, now what. So here's a pro tip. I would say that when in doubt, just go with this framework. 
It's easy to remember. It covers a lot of important ground. So if you forget all the frameworks I'm going to go through today, just remember what, so what, now what. Let's move on to another one. OSB. OSB stands for opportunity, or sometimes called problem. Opportunity, solution, benefit. So this is another simple framework that you could use when you want to persuade or convince your audience of something. Similar to the previous, previous example, the OSB helps you structure your presentation with context, the design solution, and how this benefits the user. The previous example talked about what you will do next, but you can use the OSB framework when you don't know exactly what you're going to do next. So this is a great way to share designs as they are in the current state without discussing future iterations. So let's walk through another example. Let's pretend I'm sharing this dashboard design with our stakeholders. This dashboard is for technology account managers to get an overview of their servers and storage environment. Right now, information is scattered all across several points through our system. This causes the users to jump from place to place to get information that they need. This consolidated dashboard design surfaces the most important stats and figures all in one place. The benefit to our users is they no longer have to navigate multiple places to get a high level understanding of their open tickets, notifications, and the status of their devices. It's now all in one place. So you see what I did there? I started with what I'm trying to fix. That's the opportunity or the problem. I told them what my design solution was. And then I wrapped up by telling the audience how the design will directly help the user. And that's the OSB framework. Opportunity, solution, benefit. All right, let's move on to the next one. Star. I'm guessing that some of you may have heard of the STAR framework because this is a common recommendation to frame up answers in a job interview. S is the situation, and this is the background or the context. Tell them enough of the backstory to understand what's going on. T is the task, and this is what needs to be done. Tell them what needs to happen or what needs to be addressed. A is the action. And that's what you did, how you did it, how you might even go into the tools that you used or the approaches you took. And finally, R is for the results. That simply is explaining what happened. Tell them about your accomplishments, your success, and what happened in the end. Similar to what we talked about with the other framework, STAR provides some context, talks about what you did, why you took action on something, and what you learned or what happened as a result. So let's walk through an example of a design before and after. Again, let's pretend I'm presenting this to my team and these are some designs that I revised. I'm gonna walk you through the, what the previous design had and how I improved the interface after conducting research, which informed my design improvements. The original design I started with had a few opportunities for improvement. For example, the cards were not interactive, meaning that you couldn't click on them for a deeper dive of information. 
the logo designs were not consistent. They had various colors and fonts. And finally, the descriptions were not clear. So the design opportunity I took was to improve these cards, to entice the users to go deeper into their information journey. The new design addresses the previously mentioned concerns. Now you can click on the boxes for more information. The icons used are consistent in color and style, making this feel like a unified package of product, products. And finally, we had our content strategists rewrite some of the descriptions so that they were clear. The result of this redesign is an organization of products that feel like pieces of a larger unified whole. Also, we now have a way to drill deeper into each of the products for more information. So it's really that simple. Again, STAR is situation, task, action, and result. So here's a little bonus example of the STAR framework. Like I mentioned before, you see this uh, framework for job interview answers. So here's an example of the STAR framework applied to, in that, in, to a job interview. So here's the question. Tell me about a time you did not get along with a coworker. Maybe you've heard this question in a job interview. So here is my answer using the STAR framework. I was working with a UI designer named David, and he did not understand my role and how it differed from his. He was hired as a UX designer with responsibilities including, or I was hired, sorry, I was hired as a UX designer with responsibilities that included UX research. He was a UI designer and he expected me to mock up pages as much as he did. Because of these role differences, I could sense that there was some tension and rigidity when he talked to me. I wanted to improve our communication and our working relationship. After talking with David about expectations and role differences, he got a better understanding of my role. He learned to appreciate how my research wireframes and my rough sketches could help him design his high-res mock-ups. The result of us reaching this understanding was better communication and more and no more tension about my UX research and how that could help his designs. So as you can see, you can use this very versatile framework in a number of ways, which is what makes this frame this framework really powerful is that you start with the context and then you wrap it up with the results. And we all know how our business partners love to hear about results. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next framework, PREP. And PREP stands for point, reason, example, point. This nice little framework starts with you stating the fact or point. Then give the reasons behind why that is your point. You provide the evidence or the example of your point, and this is where, where you state why you know it's true. And then you conclude by stating your point again, just in case anybody forgot what your point was in the first place. So this framework almost makes you feel like you could get be like getting ready for a debate or something, huh? And I think this approach is especially great when you're presenting user research. So here's an example. I would use the PREP framework for when presenting some findings from research and a design recommendation. 
So based on in-depth user interviews from various user groups in the security analyst department, I'm going to share a design recommendation that will set up our analysts for incident ticketing review success. Take a look at this overview box here on the left. It surfaces the most critical information our users want to see in an incident ticket. After talking with those who need to monitor security situations like Beth in the private investing branch, I learned what was really important to her to be front and center. First, she wants to see the severity of the incident, hence the number three right here on the first line. Beth also wants the ability to follow a ticket to stay on top of status updates. And that can be acted upon by hitting the star here at the top of the box. And finally, based on feedback from our users, we backed up and we backed this up by usability testing to validate the design. This box represents the final design for a usable and accessible summary box for a security incident. So this is what I love about the PrEP framework. It's very straightforward. Here's what's important. Here's the reason why it's important. Here's an example that illustrates why that is important. And wrapping it up with, here's my point again, one more time, just in case you forgot. <laughs> so I wanna move on to another framework that actually has its roots in the American military. Bluff. Bluff stands for bottom line up front. And the idea is simple. State the most important information first. And this is especially important in a military situation when life or death relies on delivering a message quickly. Look, at wartime, there's not a lot of time to fart around with a lot of buildup. You need to get right to the point. Sometimes you need to start with a critical detail and then explain the context afterwards. And this is similar to the concept of the lead in journalism. And maybe you're not familiar with this term. So when a journalist writes a story, he or she includes the most important detail in the first paragraph, and that is the lead. And this is done for a couple of reasons. First, people might not have time to read the whole article. So given the most important information first. And in the way that newspapers are printed, trust me because I used to work in a newspaper, uh, they might have to cut the story from the bottom to actually physically fit in the newspaper. So you need to be clear and put the most important information in the story up at the beginning. Again, this could really relate when you're sharing UX research by including your executive summary right at the beginning of sharing your research findings. The executive summary is so named for those pesky executives who don't have time to read the whole report, just given the most important details up front. Then, time permitting, you can go into more details like methodology, additional findings, recommendations, and so on. So let's pretend that I'm sharing some results from a card sort. And I'm sharing the final recommendations of a restaurant's menu structure. And so this is what I would say. Here's the final recommendations for the way Athena Greek Cafe should be structured. Grilled vegetables should be under fillings. Hummus should be categorized as a side. Plus, for those who consider hummus a topping for the meal, 
it should be put under sauces and toppings. These findings are based on card sorts that I conducted with our dining customers. They told me where they expect these menu items to be found. So in this example, I showed the final result, which was the menu structure. Then I gave them a few nuggets of important findings and what the test revealed. And then finally, I backed up these results with the method used, which is the card sort. So bluff basically means don't start with the fluff. Now, I want to switch a little bit and take a second to talk about attention grabbers. A couple of my favorite attention grabbers are compelling quotes and interesting facts. Check out this quote. The design is not what it looks like and feels like. The design is how it works. And I'm sure many here today have seen this quote before because it appears in a lot of UX presentations. It's a classic. So you can share a famous quote to grab people's attention. Like here, when you really wanna hit the point home that UX design is not just about making things look pretty, but it encompasses how a product works too. Or how about a shocking statistic? There are 24 hours of video content loaded to YouTube every minute. Oh, if that doesn't illustrate just how much video content is out there, I don't know what does. That's a lot. These shock tactics can be used to grab your audience's attention and bring them into the presentation with you. So I used this quote in the statistic to illustrate one more spontaneous talk framework called PPP. And that is prep, promise, and path. Prep, get their attention right from the get-go. Ask questions, tell a story, throw out a quote, or show a startling statistic or an amazing photo. Then you promise your audience specifically what the benefits are of your topic. And then finally, you wrap up by showing them the path. You need to indicate how you're gonna to get to the promise that you talked about and show them the way to enlightenment. So yeah, you wanna grab your audience by the horns. Responsibly, of course. Don't scare them with a loud noise. I mean, depending on their age, you might give them a heart attack, but you do wanna grab their attention. Tell them what you're going to tell them, that, and this is the promise that you're going to deliver, and then show them the path that you're going to take to get there. The great thing about this PPP framework is that you can use it in conjunction with another framework. So you can use a PPP framework to grab their attention and to set expectations, and then you can use, use another spontaneous talks framework like what, so what, now what? to really wrap your presentation up with a pretty bow. So let's go through an example. Let's say we're selling a concept of an app to a client. So I would say something like this. People are spending more time on social media than ever. Roughly 15% of our waking lives, we spend on apps like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just to name a few, 15%. With statistics like this, how can we, Woof Digital Company, ignore such tremendous potential? 
I'm going to show you how our digital campaign for the so the latest social media platform, Dog Lovers Unite, is going to explode. We'll walk through how we're going to capture the market share by fetching users and bringing them to our app by what they already know and love, dogs. I'm going to show you how we will integrate with the platforms they already use, making fetching customers a snap. And then finally, we're going to walk through like a stroll through the park, how this app for dog lovers will fill your doggy bowl to the brim with your favorite treat, revenue. All right. Now, I know that was kind of a silly example, <laughs> but the point here is you're grabbing their attention with an interesting quote or a statistic or nugget of information. And then you tell them how you're going to deliver a promise and your plan to get there. Now, I want to switch gears for a second and talk about a few more frameworks, but these frameworks are less about presenting your UX work and more about how to answer questions or a topic on the spot when you haven't had a chance to prepare. So let's talk about the first framework, which is ADD. So like I mentioned, ADD is about a way to answer questions and less about presenting your work. So ADD is answer, detail, describe, value. A is to answer. You answer concisely and as few words as possible. D is to provide the details of your answer through an example. Illustrate through things like using a metaphor or a comparison or analogy. Again, a few short details to provide a, visu a visual answer. Try to paint a picture in their mind. And then the second D is for describe value. This is where you show the real impact or value of your answer. So I'll admit this might be a little bit more mental organization than some frameworks, but if you can keep this kind of handy on your memory, you can organize answers quickly to make you sound super smart. And we love to sound like we know what we're talking about, right? So this on your toes method is more than just answering the question. You illustrate it with an example and you wrap it up with a pretty bow by describing the value. So let me illustrate this ADD spontaneous talks framework through an example. So let's say I was showing this design and a stakeholder pressed back at me in, on the concept of the, of the mobile device. Like, will this really work? So here's my response. Yes, this design provides the right information on a mobile view. For example, we heard from Robert a systems admin that when he's at home in the evening, he got pinged to review the permissions for an administrator because she seemed to be locked out from a server. The information shown here on this mobile view is just the right type of info that he needs to make an adjustment. So let me describe the value of the information shown here on mobile. An admin like Robert has the critical information that he needs about Tabitha to take action and to upgrade her permissions. He can see the info he needs to make a decision and he can take the action right here on the mobile app. So I hope you can see how the ADD or answer, detail, describe value framework is another simple way to quickly answer a person's question, but also showing them the value. All right, 
So I'm going to take the next step and talk about the take framework. All right, enough, Jen, with the silly puns. The take framework is another approach to organizing your thoughts. Again, this is less around sharing your designs and more about accepting recognition. And let's talk about how this is to use to express gratitude. The T is to thank. Thank your audience. Start with humility and simply thank the person for making the statement. A is to acknowledge the award or the accomplishment. You'd be surprised how many people skip this step after saying uh, thanks. But by acknowledging their compliment, you make the person giving the compliment feel heard and validated. K means keep the momentum going. So how do you do that? Well, you could use another framework and pad in another scenario. And then finally, E means end with an impact. And this is a great opportunity to end with a punch. Tell a joke. Make them cry. Give them a reason to give you a standing ovation. <laughs> so you can use this approach when someone has given you a compliment on your work. So let's walk through an example. And let's pretend I just showed this dashboard design. We've already seen this. And they complimented on, on the improvements made. It happens sometimes, right? You do get some positive feedback. So here's my take framework example. Thank you for your feedback. I really appreciate that you see the hard work the team has put into iterating on this design. We took feedback from usability testing and we updated the design and tested again. In fact, we did three rounds of testing and updates with six participants in just a day and a half. The biggest impact this new design has that it cuts down the number of places a person has to go to view this information from six places to one. So if that person needs to hit all those touch points in one go, this dashboard will save them 110 seconds per visit. Let's say they visit the dashboard four times a day. That's 36 minutes and 40 seconds a week that they're saving. That's 29 hours and 20 minutes a year. And that's a huge amount of time saved per employee. This extra time gives the employee freedom to do other things. We're really pleased with where the design landed. Our next steps are to get this new design live and review the time on task in our analytics to see if the metrics reflect the reduced bounce rate that we're expecting to see. We wanna make sure that our design cleanup has improved the user's life. Why? Because there's always broom for improvement. So let me walk you through what I did there. First, I thanked them for their feedback and acknowledged the compliments. I also threw in some kudos for the team who also worked on the project, not just the designer and not just the researcher. It's always nice to share the love. And then I plugged the what, so what, now what framework to really hit the point home, the value of the design updates. Then I ended it by making an impact with a cheesy joke. All right, maybe my joke caused me to crash and burn a little bit, but maybe it made it a little bit more memorable and maybe somebody chuckled. 
So not all scenarios are go- you're going to talk about are going to be rosy and positive. So this let's talk about a spontaneous talks framework that you use when you have to talk about something negative or a regrettable situation. In a sense, this is crisis communication. And you see this tactic used by public relation pros when they have to acknowledge a negative message. So the RRR framework is regret, regression, repair. And it breaks down a little bit like this. Regret. I can't tell you how much I regret what happened. Reason. As best as I can tell, here's what happened. Repair. Here's what I'm going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So you can use the RRR framework to talk about when a project or a feature failed. This is part of the reason why we do usability tests. We want to make sure our designs actually work for the user, but sometimes they don't. And we need a framework to help us break the bad news. So here's my example. Unfortunately, the new homepage is not converting well. Very few people are clicking on the continue for free button at the top of the page. We think the reason for this is the placement of the button is wrong. People are just scrolling right down the page and missing it. They're just not seeing that CTA in the location on the web page. So my solution is to place the button further down on the page, right here below these three boxes and above the free trial banner, right in there. I'm gonna center the button and I'm gonna use our main button color of orange to draw the user's eye to take action there. See, that wasn't so bad. Sure, you had to break some bad news, but you explained your theory by using the RRR framework. First, you told them that you were regretful, you acknowledged the problem, then you told them what happened. Finally, you wrapped up your solution to make the problem better. So yeah, even these spontaneous talk frameworks can help you squirm out of a negative situation. Ooh, okay, I know I went through a lot. PPP, OSB, bluff, Ooh, I get it. The last thing you wanna do when you're put on the spot is try to remember some silly abbreviations. But these frameworks are less about the catchy abbreviation and more about reducing your anxiety. They're more about taking a moment and structuring your thoughts in an organized way. It's going to take some practice, but anything worth getting good at takes a little bit of practicing it a few times to feel more comfortable. Don't be afraid to try one of these frameworks in advance to get some practice. I've, I've found that it even helps me to write down an answer using one of these frameworks to help me get into the mindset of using them. So let's take a quick second and run through the spontaneous talks frameworks again to help us remember what they are. And these are all the frameworks that I went through today. And this is the slide that you might wanna take a screenshot of to help you remember. What, so what, now what? OSB is opportunity or problem, solution and benefit. STAR is situation, task, action and result. PREP is point, Reason, example, point. Bluff, 
bottom line up front. PPP, prep, promise, path. ADD, answer, detail, describe value. Take, think, acknowledge, keep the momentum going, end with an impact. RRR, regret, reason, and repair. <laughs> wow, we really did go through a lot of frameworks today, huh? <laughs> Again, I know this is a lot. And if you're finding that you're starting to panic and can't recall which framework to use, just go with the what, so what, now what, like I talked about in the beginning. It's simple to remember. It's very versatile. And it pretty much will cover all the important bits that you need to express. What, so what, now what? So as for today's talk, now what? Well, I'm going to wrap up with a compelling quote. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And my hope for you today is that I gave you the tools to get to the other side of fear. Again, these spontaneous talk frameworks can help you overcome your anxiety by organizing your thoughts and presenting and articulating a well-crafted answer. So go out there and get to the other side of fear. Thank you very much.